Greetings. This is the Sex Ed Book Review Podcast, the podcast where we read sex ed books before you, tell you all about them so you can decide if it's right for you and those that you care about. Content warning, there'll be discussions of sexuality, sexual health and bodies, and there may also be some discussion of sexual abuse and assault. My name is Landa. I am a BCBA and certified sexual health educator who uses she, her pronouns and lives and works on the West Coast of Canada, where we currently have a rainy spring day. And I'm, I like, we should start doing that. All right. Now you throw me off. Okay. So my name is Barb. I use she, her pronouns. I am a board certified behavior analyst and a certified sexuality educator. And I live and work in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, in the United States, where we have a non-rainy, um, very temperate um, spring day. Very Beautiful. like go outside in a t-shirt kind of weather. Oh, we, mm-hmm. we had a, like a taste of that. And then it was um, yanked from our grasps. <laughs> We've got mm-hmm. what's called like a, the threat of an atmospheric river happening here where there's just supposed to be like a lot of rain for like this whole entire week. Um, but then a week we, from today, it's supposed to be 20 degrees, which is, I do not know how yeah. much it's, uh, it's, it's enough. It's enough. 20 it's degrees enough. is enough. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm Googling it. <laughs> so am I. Uh, okay. 68. 68. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I should be better at Celsius. I'm so terrible. I uh, can't. Gosh. Uh, all right. And uh, today you've brought a book. I did. I, uh, this was, uh, I feel like so much of my book purchasing comes from like one of two things. It's either, um, it's either sort of books feeling- I've brought to the podcast that you don't have that you need to buy. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a third category. <laughs> um, sometimes it's a, it's a book that I need because there's a question that's come up and sometimes it's a book purchase that's fueled by anger. Um, and then also, yes, the books that are, we, we talk about it or we talk to an author and it's just such a fantastic book that I realized that I needed. Um, this was a book that was actually fueled by anger. <laughs> okay. Um, because I think we we talk about a lot of different things. Um, and I'm glad that in the intro, you mentioned that we may talk about sexual abuse and assault. And we do. And we've had episodes where we've talked about books on how to discuss um, and what, you know, what um, sexual abuse is. And especially with like talking about um, uh, the the work that Dave Pingsberger did. That was way back in like, oh, episode three. Was that three? Um, where we talked about Dave's Ooh. work. And talking about yeah. just saying no, it was not. It was episode six. I actually six. had to look it up. <laughs> um, numbers are related. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, one thing we don't talk about is we don't talk as much about pleasure unless we're using, unless we're referencing books for um, older kids or for adults. Right. And I got mad. I'm like, there has to be a book somewhere that talks about um, sexuality and pleasure. And I found not exactly that, but something that I think is is related. Um, so today's book is called Loving Touches, a book for children about positive, caring kinds of touching, um, written by Lori Friedman, or Lori Freeman, um, who, if you look up Lori, uh, is Lori Britton, is illustrated by Carol Deitch. Uh, it was published by Parenting Press in 1986. Um, and I'll just show you what the cover looks like. It is um, pretty straightforward. So we've got the title loving touches is yellow um text and then the subtitle a book 
for children about positive caring kinds of touches on the bottom with the illustrator and author on the bottom. And then the illustration smack in the middle is two children um, that look like they're kind of like in you know, early elementary kind of age. They are sharing a swing, had their arms around each other. They have very similar sort of like um, shiny black hair with that we call it a bowl cut. I would call it yep. a bowl cut. Yeah. Oh, that's from the eighties for sure. <laughs> this is, this book is very, I had that haircut in the eighties. That's I, why I know. We all did. Um, <laughs> but this book was published in 1986 by uh parenting press, which is now called Chicago review press. So if you're looking for it, um, if you go to the website um, for Lori Britton, which we will obviously share um the link will like the links go to amazon that's really the place you're going to get it we usually don't link directly to amazon but that's going to be your easiest one um so that's basically in a nutshell what it is um some things that i started thinking about we talk a lot about here's the author here's the illustrator so um lori britain um has a phd in early childhood education and has written a couple of different books that are about children um and some of those kind of tough topics especially like this one and then has a a related book that is about um uh, sort of like body autonomy and um things that kind of go related like almost like the flip side of this book right so and then um the the illustrator is carol deach um she's an illustrator from washington and um i couldn't find her website specifically and i promise i looked if you find it let me know we'll make sure we link it but uh, what i was able to find was a lot of really really cool projects that she's worked on so books again all of those tricky topics or like the big topics um so books about body autonomy books about how to you know potentially report if abuse has happened and books like Mm. that for children which are not as easy to come by you know books about grief books about divorce like all these big things so I was really I was really uh excited to see that so um let's see this book um is we talk about sections this book doesn't really have sections um we didn't what's do our- the what's the format like is it te- well obviously there's an illustrator there's some illustrations but yeah. mostly text mostly it's, illustrations combo it's, yeah it's going to be a page that has an illustration and then a couple like a a sentence or maybe two sentences at the bottom um and that's kind of the format of the whole book and it really has a um a major like the the, the main thesis of this book is that everybody needs um like positive loving touch that is something that is like necessary for your well-being Mm -hmm. um that it is important so it you know talks about you know we need food we need uh you know warmth and shelter and we also need like loving positive touch Touch. so there's not a lot of research that i could find easily that points to that but it's something um but you know, is a component and we're talking about, you know, sexuality and he- healthy sexual development, that positive touch is an important component of that. When I think about like sensuality and the way that I usually define that is like that, you know, that skin hunger is kind of a piece of that. For some reason, when I describe skin hunger, I don't know if you see me, I always like rub my arm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm rubbing my sweater, but um <laughs> Yeah, interesting because we do when I think when people are 
thinking about, um, particularly like books for younger kids, we think about like protecting them from kinds of touch that are not okay or that are like, you know, unsafe touch or what, you know, some people have referred to historically as like bad touch and, Mm -hmm. and those sorts of things, but that there also needs to be space made for that. There is lots of room for good touch. And, And obviously for you and I, in our work, working with disabled people, um, intellectual disability, sometimes physical disability, that this is something that I hear about in those communities, certainly a lot Mm -hmm. more, though agreed that like the research lacks on it. Yeah. Uh, PhDs, here we come. No, you and I don't need to <laughs> absolutely do more not something I'm going to do, but <laughs> also the schooling. Let me finish the current master's degree that I'm pursuing yeah. before I, yeah, I'm not doing um, it anymore. Um, but that idea that this is something that's important. And I think that there's a flip side that goes with it that is inferred in the book. Um, but does not, um, it doesn't, you know, specifically say that, you know, touch is pleasurable like there's a difference to me between like um touch because it is a pleasurable sensation and touch because it is something that is necessary Mm. (laughs) right yeah 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 necessary for survival which i think also is a good way to to frame it when we're thinking about you know the what might make people feel uncomfortable that about that conversation is the idea of sort of like talking about pleasurable touch with like younger kids um, might not feel like something that a conversation that people like know how to have or want to have. Um, But the idea that like, this is something that, you know, is just a part of human existence. um, It, you know, it is definitely important conversation to have. What is the age group that you think that this is geared for? So this book um, it's, it's labeled as being intended for children between ages three and eight. And I would say that this book leans toward the younger ages of that, that this is going to be kind of a three, four, five kind of age range. Age That's kind of, yeah, age group, age people. Um, What what are some of the, like, can you give me some examples of some of the things in the book that they talk about as like some of the types of touch that people... I, might need or or want or or might feel good and again we're not talking about good pleasure good sexual we're just talking about feels totally good totally well yep so sometimes we need hugs and this is in the illustrated example it's the one that's actually from the cover so mm. this is hugs between two like looking like same age peers um getting a being like lifted up to do something is also mm a potential like that's a way to show love is to be able to provide physical support which like absolutely yes which is interesting because we're just talking about for um people that we support and especially um when i think about adults that i support who do not have interactions with um with like family of origin and are living possibly in a group home or uh, independent supported living and just have um paid supports right so people who you know, may not have received any hugs of any kind for years, for years. So that kind of touch that, you know, supportive physical touch, I'm helping you to be able to get in and out of bed, something Mm -hmm. like that, that might be the only kind of physical touch that's really um, occurring. So yeah, it is nice to kind of see that. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think, I think that it's like a, another good example of where 
if we are focused too much on like the types of touch that feel uncomfortable, that like yes. we need like non-examples or opposite examples of that too, right? And I think about that when we talk about consent and stuff. Like if you don't, if you know what it looks like for somebody to say no, that's kind of just like one piece of the puzzle. Like you also need to understand what it looks like for them to say yes and what it looks like for them to say maybe or like neutral, like there's three different pieces of that. And so for touch too, right? It's like, well, there are some types of touch that you like, there's some types of touch or, or types of touch that are safe. There's some types of touch that are unsafe. And there's some types of touch that just are like, maybe they just, they it's feel just kind thing. of neutral. Um, It doesn't feel one way or another. And like, and that's okay. That if everybody has like a bit more of a well-rounded understanding of those things, then it's more meaningful when you know that like a touch doesn't feel good or you know somebody else is saying yes because it's like the complete opposite of how you've seen them say no. For sure. And I think that's something where I had a minute and sometimes we talk about, you know, what will we teach differently? And I thought, you know, it would be nice to to explicitly say that like it just because these are just because touch is something that is necessary um, does not mean that all touch is wanted. And then I kind of read through again and I caught myself because it says, you know, things like, you know, a kiss can be, a kiss can be a loving touch when I want one. So it's, again, bringing that consent piece in. So tickles, yes, when I'm having fun. Mm. Not just tickles are fun, you know, tickles are loving all the time. Nope, when I'm having fun. So it's it's right, enjoyable right. and invited. Mm. Enthu- enthusiastic, if you will. Yes. I mean, it sounds like a very progressive book for its time in 1986. I feel like that message of like (laughs) hugs aren't always going to be wanted. Tickles aren't always going to be wanted, particularly in the context of little kids is like not a conversation that I remember when I was like a young child in 1986. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, And it does say for small children, some days I need the sitting on the lap. Some days I need this Mm, for small mm -hmm. children. Um, and again, we're like the illustration for that is a small children, like in a circle time kind of setting, mm. which sure, right. you know, we're talking about circle time is going to be your three, four or fives. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it also talks about ways that you can ask for loving touch ways you can ask for physical support that you can ask. And this is something that I get really into because some of the people that I support are not going to be communicating with spoken words. So you can ask for words like saying, I need a hug. You can, um, you know, give a loving touch and get one back. It could be reciprocated um, mm. or you can ask with your face. You can okay. show with your face that you need. It. I'm like, that's fantastic. Yeah, and cool. then wait, there's more <laughs> because someday you're going to get older. Um, I, I think when I look at the pictures of older, I'm like, maybe they're talking about me. They might be when you're old like me. <laughs> <laughs> that these are still things you're going to need. You will still need food and warmth and shelter, but you will still also need mm. loving touch. I love right. it. Now right. I will lie. I will say, I think there are some lies here because it does say that you will not need many, many kittens. And I think that is patently <laughs> Just false. Categorically false. <laughs> <laughs> we all need many kittens. I mean, look at this illustration of this man here. So I'll uh, he so looks really happy look at all those kittens oh my god bliss and he probably has seven little tiny cats and he's sitting here with his you know little mustache and his glasses and he is just happy as a lark because could not be why wouldn't you be um (laughs) so i really dig it and i think um the 
like I said, it's not specifically saying touch is pleasurable. It's not using the word pleasure. Mm. But if we think about it, it's something that you're seeking. It's something that is providing some kind of like, um, you know, necessary supportive thing. And I think yeah. that you can infer, you can draw that line between it's important um, and it is loving and it is bringing pleasure because if it's, you know, what? let's do word games. What's the opposite of pleasure? Right. Pain. It's yeah. That's kind of where yeah. I go, you know, yeah. or like yeah. discomfort or something. Yeah. When I think when we have that conversation too, of like the word pleasure, when we're talking about like younger kids, we're like, I say this all the time. It's like, we're putting on our adult glasses for a lot of these mm-hmm. conversations um, that like kids are just not seeing the world through adult eyes because they are not adults and that because doesn't they make- think we're not going to need lots of kittens i mean like the- yeah <laughs> the kids yeah this is this just shows you the actual problem here is that society convinces people that you don't need 90 kittens that's a problem okay. this is, this uh, is just lies <laughs> lies vicious lies but seriously but like yeah. when kids are talking about pleasure like they're talking about just like things that make them feel good or like bubbly or butterflies or whatever and like those are perfectly fine things for kids to feel or like for those conversations to to happen to right yeah. so what's yeah what's the word glimmer like that it, oh, that, it yeah. that it brings a glimmer. A glimmer. Um, yeah. yeah. I was I was watching a, a show, um, and I will go down rabbit hole if I name the show, but like glitter is exploding inside of you. Um <laughs> anybody who knows what show I'm referencing can write in and tell me that you also love that show, and then we'll talk about it for like days and days. But um and ultimately if you think about it, like I mean, let's kind of go there for a minute if it's okay. Because yeah. we're way off the rails, but that's okay. Uh, because that's the day I'm having. But Seriously, if you are, uh, if we're talking about like pleasure in a strictly grown-up sexual sense, what's the opposite of sexual pleasure, right? It would be potentially pain. It would be Mm -hmm. discomfort, ambivalence, I guess. I don't know. Like, Yeah, maybe. Well, that's the opposite there. Like if you think about it as a spectrum, that would probably be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Ambivalence maybe, yeah. But ultimately, like, there's going to be something that is, I think, going to be at least not unrelated. We're talking about a different thing. Yeah. But it's still, like, the the suggestion that I'm making is that by talking about these things in a child context with child experiences, if we're talking about that and how important it is to have physical comfort in a way that feels good that you are inviting again that is freely given reversible um right informed enthusiastic and specific right um oh now i'll make sure that we link um planned parenthood planned parenthood fries model of consent yeah oh gosh i probably have a billion of them somewhere um but um anyway (laughs) if we're thinking of it that way then like even again in that little kid format it's still like it, it, it this i think would translate into or can translate with some facilitation from grown-ups into having this conversation continue as kids get older and talking about the importance of pleasure when we're talking about sexual interactions again for for older older people yeah yeah not for small children yeah yeah for sure 
I mean, yeah, I think it's just like a, I think it's a great example of what is sort of like a nuanced conversation, right? Um, Which I think, you know, when you said that this book kind of came like started as like a place of anger of like figuring out like, why isn't there a book that talks about this thing that I think is real or that I know is real as an experience people are having and I want some material to support it and that it it is part of this like spectrum of experiences. So we definitely need to talk about it for 100%. sure. 100%. Um, this might lead to you and me writing a book as often it does. We'll see. Time will tell. Um, so yeah, I think um, that's kind of my big stuff. Um, the one thing I would say, you know, what this book does not do is, you know, the the flip side, it doesn't talk about, um, you know, body autonomy. It doesn't, you know, specific, it talks about, it models consent mm. um, that, you know, you can have this touch when you want it. You can have this when you're asking for it, you know, um, but it doesn't talk about what to do if you don't want it. But, you know, she does have a book covering this. We've covered this in, you know, several other episodes. Um, but, right. Um, yeah. I mean, like, so the book that she has, and again, we will link to her website, but it's called It's My Body, a book to teach young children how to resist uncomfortable touch. Same author, same illustrator, um, same leading characters, right. same illustration. Yeah. Um, so so that is there. So it's a supplement. And again, for a book that is 24 pages long, I feel like it's okay to have a second book for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. We had um, the uh, episode 14 with our like consent body books, my body, what I say goes and who's the boss of this body. Those were two yes. good books. If people want to supplement with like, um, uh, you know, some books that do talk about that, like how to, how to say no and how to protect body autonomy. Yep. Um, those would be good ones. Um, yeah. Some of the other books that I was thinking about. Um, so, cause you also talked about consent for kids, which is the one that kind of follows along with like the, um, the, you know, sort of like tea metaphor kind of mm-hmm. style of illustrations. I think that um, your whole body. So Lizzie's book. Yeah. And also um, tell me about sex grandma. So mm. Higginbotham's book. Um, th- those also, so those kind of frame the whole thing because that's going to give a little bit of like the facts. That's going to give a little bit of, um, consent autonomy. Um, tell me about sex also includes some conversation about pleasure as well. Mm, yeah. So. Yeah. Which also links us back to our general caveat that we always give around like a book is one resource, which, you know, people often, you know, or people will ask me or well, I'm sure ask you too, like, what is like, what's the book that they should get like singular. And I always try to recommend like multiple books for multiple topics, because that's going to definitely be necessary. And so then this yeah. is another good example of like, you might need to have like multiple books if like, obviously all of these sex ed books exist because this is a great way to talk about these topics to facilitate these conversations. Um, but we're going to need to make sure that we have um, a number of different books to get something well-rounded, particularly for young kids who aren't going to like, right. Young kid books are short for a reason. Right. Kids don't have the, the capacity to sit through lots and lots of book, like right. content of books. They need like a short book and then another short book to extend a concept. Right. And I think um, if I were going to recommend this to a very specific person, um, this is actually one that I think I would recommend potentially for educators. And the reason why is because it it gives a couple of different, it 
it normalizes the idea of asking for a hug, asking for help, asking for, you know, assistance of opens the conversation about consent. It doesn't do it explicitly, but it also, um, this is, you know, really talking about how all of those things are important and beneficial, um, especially because, and this is where I'll kind of talk about people that I support. So thinking about, um, you know, neurodivergent learners uh, for small children who may, um, you know, need more support with communication, that this book also normalizes not just having to ask explicitly, right, Mm. that you can use um, your physical action as, you know, what we would term as a manned, right, that that it's a way to be able to, um, you know, signal that need. Yeah. So yeah. that you can yeah. use you can use your facial expression to show what you need also. So right. I think that's a really cool thing. Um yeah. if I were and if I were using this with again people who may um benefit from more support with understanding big concepts, because it's still kind of a big concept, but um you know, maybe modeling these things. So how would you ask for a hug? Um mm. You know, how would you show that you don't want help right now? What, you know, how would we do these things? And then also, I think probably, you know, bringing this all back together with talking about, well, who are the people who are okay to to kiss, okay, you know, to tickle with and the people where that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. Good to bring that back in as well. Um, yeah, for sure. But I think that's... Uh, kind of the big deal thing i didn't really um we didn't really do talk about um you know representation in this book i mean the the main characters are really like these these small children who for the most part other than one peer um are you know sort of other than the peers like the main characters are these two children who are you know fairly androgynous in presentation so again, it's the 80s bowl cut and, you know, child bodies that are in sort of mm. jumpers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what do we call these? Uh, jumpsuits? The like, yeah. Or like, o- like overall, like overalls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can call yeah, it overalls. I'm going to call it a, I'm going to call it a jumpsuit. I just bought one. Yeah. I'm a very romper excited maybe? For it. it potentially, I think a, like long legs. So it wouldn't be a romper. Oh, right? okay. okay. Right? I bought myself <laughs> some rompers too. Um, <laughs> um, as as far as um, the the main characters all you know do sort of seem to be you know similarly, um, similarly built, same sort of facial characteristics, same um skin tone. But there also are people in the book who you know where there is a wider variety. And again, for nineteen eighty six. Mm, to not have yeah. a book that is just you know rife with a bunch of white kids is like that is unique for this time that time yeah um but there are children with a variety of skin tones and hair textures which i think is like really cool for like this style of illustration to get hair texture to be that specific is also mm. kind of unique yeah yeah, um, yeah and then you know there's one child who is using a wheelchair there's one um grandparent who is using a cane um and out of 24 pages of book to have two pages that are demonstrating um physical disability that's uh yeah. that's that's a ratio 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, for the time too, right? Like, no kidding. Yeah. You, you know, in the eighties, not so much inclusivity and representation uh, in books often. So for sure. Yeah. So I cool. think that's, that's pretty much where I'm at with this one. Um, I think this is, like I said, good for lots of different people. And I think, um, you know, again, just to talk about, and I mean, talking to children about how it's okay to ask for physical contact. Mm. It, like, yeah, this is, I'm here for it. Yeah. And I'm happy yeah, I yeah. found this book. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a good one to like make space for the the com- extending the conversation beyond what we've talked about before, what a lot of people are kind of thinking about. So yeah. Thank you for bringing it. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for listening. Of course. All right. Sex Ed Book Review is a collaboration between Landa Fox and Barb Gross, and the views and opinions expressed on this podcast should not be a substitute for professional or clinical advice. Find us on Instagram at Sex Ed Book Review and at www.sexedbookreview.com. 